So today we are uh, in Romans 2, 17, 24. We continue to go through the book of Romans. And if you have not been listening to the Wednesday preaching services, you are missing out, right? Because God is moving. And, and it's very interesting because most of the things that we, uh, most of the, the, um, the reading that we do in the Bible verses, as, as you listen to Wednesdays and you listen to Sunday, God is saying the same thing over and over. And God is not a man that he'd repeat himself. So when he says two or three times the same thing over and over, then we need to pay attention. I pay attention. I'm like, Lord, okay, you, you're saying, let me see you, examine me, check my heart, see what's going on. It's interesting because I was telling my wife today that when I, when I, was, when I got this, uh, the Romans 2, 17, 24, I was actually praying to God and telling God, God, give me an encouraging message for the people. And he gave me an encouraging message after telling me that his encouragement is different from my encouragement. Right? (laughs) He was like, you know, the way I encourage you as a man and the way God encourages us is different. And we're going to see that as we read to Romans where Paul is speaking to the Jews and basically he's telling them, you guys need to examine yourself. You guys, the way you are, the things you are doing and the outcome is different. And I'm like, Lord, how is that encouraging? But then God is like, you know what? I was warning them before we go before God. And then he tells us, hey, I never knew you. So it is encouraging to know that we have a God who loves us, who cares so much about us, that when he sees us going the wrong way, he can stop us and tell us, hey, dude or lady, you're in the wrong place, right? You're in, the wrong, you're in the wrong place and you're going the wrong way. So let me tell you, if you continue in this path, you're not going to see life. But let me encourage you that I can hold your hand and walk with you. And for the more, I've given you the Holy Spirit. So this is an encouraging message. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get to reading. Uh, Romans 2, 17, 24. You who call yourself Jews are relying on God's law and you boast about your special relationship with Him. You know what he wants, you know what is right because you have been taught his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for the people who are lost in the darkness. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the way of God. For you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but you steal. You say it's wrong to commit adultery, but you commit adultery. But do you commit adultery? You condemn adultery, but you do use items stolen from the pagan temples? Are you so proud of knowing the law, but you, you are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it? No wonder the scriptures say the gentle blemish, uh, blessing the name of God because... Uh, because of you. And that's coming from Ezekiel where God had scattered his people and then even after they scattered because they were vile, even as they continue when they are taken from the land they like and God scatters them to different places, give them their wrath and they continue to even sin when they go over there. And now with them. Something that we do not see a lot in nowadays. Paul is like, listen people, you call yourself Jews. Is the equivalent of somebody looking at you, one of the pastors, maybe me, telling you, you call yourself a Christian, right? But the things that you're doing are not Christian at all, right? You say you rely on God, and actually you guys are tight, like, hey, I know God, I know how he feels, you know, like, we, we are okay, God would allow that. God is doing this new thing in my life, or God is doing this other thing, and I know God would be okay with this sin that I do, because we are tight, Right? It's like me going over uh, when Pastor Matt used to live close by me. <laughs> Give me a moment. Okay. 
<laughs> when we, I used to go to his house anytime when I was just walking, and I would just be like, what's up, dude? I'm here. What you doing, right? And he would do the same thing to my house, right? So that's a closeness where if we were not having a relationship, I wouldn't walk to his place, right? And if most of us would have to call and, and do things like those. And so it's the same thing that people think that because they know the law of God and Jews thought that they know the law of God, they can just walk in in any way in the presence of God and say, hey, dude, what you doing? What you, what you cooking, right? But, but the, the Jews, what they are doing is they are dishonoring God. It says you claim that you know him and simply because you have been taught the law. Because the law was passed to them and they have first-hand knowledge of the law, they continue to think, hey, I am good. I don't have to check my heart at all. Right? You, you are convinced that you guide the blind and you are light on top of the mountain. I like the word convinced because the Bible doesn't waste words. You are convinced. You think you got it. But really, it's just a, convi- a conviction. It's, it's really not. You're not. You're not who you are. You think you can instruct the ignorant, teach the young ones but about God's way. But you yourself don't even teach yourself. You are certain that God's law is given some kind of advantage, complete knowledge and truth. He's saying just because you are from the chosen tribe of God, that it gives you an advantage, it gives you a leeway to be able to do the things that we do. And if I can bring, we're going to talk about this, but if I can bring you to date, up to, to, to date today, is the equivalent of me being like a Christian and saying, I know the word of God, I have the Holy Spirit, I don't, you cannot tell me what I need to do and you cannot check me with the word because this is who I am. I have the Bible. I can check it for myself. I have the Holy Spirit. I can continue to be whatever. And so somebody comes and tries to tell me I'm doing the wrong thing, but they're like, nah, I got it. You know, I have the word. And so that's what the Jews were doing. And so, and the other part says, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? And I stop there for a moment. Because we... Whether you are a pastor or whether you are a deacon or whether you are, you are whatever title you hold at the church, as a member and as a Christian, you've been called to teach others the word of God. But so many times in our lives, how many times are we going to teach people about what the word says, but then when you check the application, it doesn't line up? Like we are so quick to teach people about this is what the word of God says, but hey, this does not affect my life at all, so I'm just going to teach you the rest of the stuff. And that's why Paul is asking them, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? Because if you are taught by, if you taught yourself, you'd have known what you're doing is not the right thing. It says you are... uh, you tell others not to, uh, to steal. You don't steal, but you're stealing. You tell others don't commit adultery, but you're committing adultery. It says don't do don't uh, don't do idolatry. Then you st- you use items that are stolen from the pagan temples. Yeah. And I liked that because the thing is, it's one thing saying I'm not going to worship the idols. I'm not going to the temples. I'm not worshiping. But they are using it's an extension. They are using the things that defile the name of God. Yeah. You're proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. You know, I was thinking about it as I wondered, my, my, the question I had for myself is, what would Paul write about today's Christians? Really, what would Paul write about uh, today's Christians? And even more so, ex- asking God to examine our heart, what would Paul write about me? What would Paul write about you? If he had to look at that. And so when I, had that, when I started looking at that, I asked God, what should I speak about and what should I ask? And the, question that, the first question, I'm going to have two questions for you today, myself included. And the, two, the first question is, what happened? What happened? 
Ask the person next to you what happened. That was weak. Try again. Good. Good job, Pastor Crystal. <laughs> so the question is, what happened to a group that has a knowledge of God? Right? They have the knowledge of God. They put what has been passed to them. There is scriptures. There is, they have seen miracles. They have seen all these things that God has done. Yet, they are so far away from God. What happened to a point where, because it's one thing when you don't know the word of God, it's another thing when, yes, you know the word of God, but when you stop doing the things of God and now you're dishonoring God. What happened? Where, where do we go from that point where we don't, we, the word doesn't matter to us, that we do our own things and now we are dishonoring God? How do we go from a Christian nation to removing God from every part of our country? Really, think about it. What happened? And honestly, as I, as I, as I prayed for this, I, I just heard God ask me, what happened? And my attempt to think of what happened is the word was only written in their heads, in our heads, and not in our hearts. Because there's a difference between head knowledge versus heart knowledge. Head knowledge, but lacking wisdom that comes from the Lord. And especially in our days, we do need wisdom from the Lord. We really do. Because what we see is not what God sees. You know, one of the prayers that I pray, and I know my wife does, is say, God, give us your eyes. Show us what you see, God. Let me hear what you hear. Because if we don't do those things, we're going to see with our kind of eyes and what's going to happen. We're going to be led astray. What happened? Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fool despise wisdom and instruction. Let's unpack that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. There is no way of us seeking the knowledge and wisdom unless we have the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? Is that just trembling before God? No, it's not. The fear of the Lord is knowing that He's holy. The men who are in the men advance, uh, Pastor Tim talked about how big God is. He is so big, like if you try to fathom His bigness, then you would actually go down and say, holy, 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 because of how great He is. And if He is that holy, and if He's from eternity to eternity, and He knows us, and He knows the things that we do, and He created us, and He created us for a plan, then when you try to do your own things, or try to change His goal and His name, and, and try to, t- uh, to turn his, uh, his word, don't you think that's a scary thing? Yeah. The bread you have belongs to Christ. Yeah. The body we have belongs to Christ. Yeah. The families we have belong to Christ. Yeah. Yet, they are not scared. To dishonor his name. Proverbs 8, 11, 12 says, For the wisdom is better than rubies, and all, the, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I wisdom dwell with prudence. Prudence are what carefulness, and find out knowledge and discretion. Nothing. Think about it, the thing you desire most. I'm giving you a minute. Think about that. It says wisdom far more cannot compare to that thing that you desire most. Lack of spiritual growth is another thing that's leading us away from God. We feel like just because you've read the Bible, you've heard pastors preach, you, you are, we have the Holy Spirit. I don't need to do more than that. 
As soon as the word is done here, we never go to open our Bibles. We never go beyond that because that's what the Pharisees say. They spent so many, the Jews, they, they spent so many times reading the word of God and now they had all this knowledge and now they were ready to just walk away and just float around. The idea that I get in my mind is, you know, I know how, you know, if you know how to swim and you, you, you lay down in an ocean and you start drifting, hoping that you're going to get the, to the destination. But really, that's not going to happen at all. You have to be involved. And if uh, I've said this before, if you are not growing, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. Think about a tree. If a tree is not bearing fruits, it grows to a point where it starts bearing fruits. And then when it doesn't bear fruits, what's happening to it? It's dying. We get to a point in our life where we get to that and then we go down. We are dying, right? So same thing spiritually, if you're not spending time reading your word, praying, fasting, and doing those things, then you are dying. And you're going to find yourself doing those things that the Jews were doing, even though we know the word of God. See, we have to cultivate and allow pruning in our lives in order to make sure that we produce fruit. And pruning is not easy, man. It is not. I know it's not. Right, because I've gone through it a couple of times, yeah. more than once, two, maybe 50 times, right? <laughs> and, and it's not easy, it hurts. But there is no way for us to do that unless, uh, there's no way for us to bear fruit unless we go through pruning. And if we allow Christ, you know, Christ doesn't just come and say, I'm going to just prune you because you are there and you are a human being. You have to allow him. He says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. That moment you draw near to him, and he draws near to you, he starts pruning and showing you those things that you're not supposed to do, and the thing you're supposed to do. And he says, this branch is really good. You're ministering well. You're doing well. Hey, we're going to foster this to become much better. Well, this is a dead branch. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to cut that off. But unless we allow Christ to do that, then we're going to end up like the Jews who knew the word of God, yet they end up being dishonoring to God. Pastor Matt spoke last Sunday and says, we got to show fruits. We have to look at the fruit, especially the fruits of repentance. Because if we don't look at the fruits of repentance, then what are we doing? Right? We are all put together like the Jews were put together. We speak Christianese. We do very well. We quote Bible verses. We teach things. We tell all those things. But yet we look at your fruits and even if there were fruits, some of them are rotten. We know the word, we have the Holy Spirit, yet we ignore the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Because really, if we have the Holy Spirit, He tells us, He's our comforter, He's our helper. I think it was last week, and uh, I was going through some stuff with work and all that stuff, and I'm like stressing and all that stuff. I do stress. I'm stressing a little bit. Um, not so much, just a little bit. Um, and then um, I got to a point, and I was praying in the morning, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, Holy Spirit, you're my helper. Like, you really do say you are my helper, right? I like you, you're my helper, you, you're my comforter, you're all those things. And I'm like, oh, why am I not talking to you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Literally, it was like, I literally stopped praying and I was like, oh, why am I not talking to you? Yeah. And it was that light bulb. And I tell you, immediately after that, I had peace. I let it go. Because the Holy Spirit is, he's my helper. He is my comforter. He's my provider. He's all those things that he, he's been, yeah. Pastor Christos preached uh, on Wednesday, and it says, The word will excuse you or accuse you. Think about that. The Jews knew the word of God. They knew it very well than, than most people. We know the word of God. 
We are here over and over. You are now have you have no excuse now. You have a Bible app. Right? right? You know the word of God. You Google. They don't even believe in Jesus, but the Bible stuff is there too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what's our excuse? We're going to go before God and, I don't know, maybe poor Google's like, look, you Googled this and this and this and this, yet you didn't apply it. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> See, Paul explained that their conscious work of the law that was written in their heart is not enough. It's not, it's, it's in, whatever was written in their hearts, the law, just by itself, was enough to condemn them or justify them. Like it doesn't matter whatever was in their heart, whether they, they were misinformed or whatever, whatever that word was, was going to either justify them or it was going to condemn them. And ask myself the same question. The word that I know in my heart, does it justify me before God or does it condemn me before God? See, in this passage that we read today, the Jews in the time of Paul were extremely proud and confident that, uh, that, that God gave, gave, gave them the holy law to them as a nation. So they had that pride, pride. They felt that they were untouchable. You know, and pride comes before? Oh. And I was reading, and somebody said that spiritual pride is one of the most dangerous pride you can ever have. Spiritual pride, like, I am better because I know Jesus. I am better because I've been serving God for this long. I am better because I have been reading the word of God this long. That is the worst kind of pride. See, they, they, they cared, the Jews cared more about their status, how they looked, who they associated with, who they, who they supported, who they, uh, they offended. They were more of the law, they learned more of the law and walked away from the one that gave them the law. Pretty much they worship the creator instead of the creator. They worship the created instead of the creator. Pastor Tim said uh, when uh, we were men's advance, he says, some of you don't need to read another Bible pa- passage or pray anymore. You just need to put that into practice. Yeah. Right? Because we can read more, we can pray more, but God is like, I cannot hear you because you are in sin and you're not applying what you want. Yeah. See, the another person said, God applies his law to both our actions and our attitude. Sometimes we only want our attitude evaluated. And sometimes our actions only. But God will hold us accountable for both motive and actions. Think about that. Sometimes we won't just be judged on our attitude. Other times it's our motive. But God is going to look at both. Remember, God is going to judge the real you. He is. He's not going to be this persona you've made where people think that you are a certain way and you do things a certain way and you look very good and all that thing. Only to realize that, you know, go before God and it's like, sorry I did not know you because I don't know who you are. And actually, if you read, this is your homework, if you read Matthew 19 to 48, where Jesus was talking to, 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 uh, to the Jews and telling them, hey, you say do not murder, but I'm telling you, don't be angry with somebody. I say, stop, you know, you say you have to sacrifice. I'm saying, stop and think. That We always say that every Sunday. Stop and think. Go reconcile and then come back and give. It's a hard condition. It says, they say, oh, don't commit adultery. But Jesus is telling them, don't look at a woman last free. Yeah. 
And what Jesus is doing is not just pulling these things just to make them feel, but he's saying, I look at the heart condition. I get past your physical appearance. I get past your heart. The way you want to portray yourself or the way you want to show people, oh, this is who I am and I am a better person. I'm a better Christian. God goes through that and says, I see your heart and I'm going to judge you according to your heart. Amen. Good. Are you guys with me? Yeah. So my next question is, who is willing to stand for the truth? The whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And I'm, to- I'm not talking about the truth of nowadays. Because how many times have you guys seen people put their Bible, uh, hand on the Bible and completely lie? Yeah. I'm talking about the truth of God. Who is willing to stand for the truth today? Yeah. Who is willing to stand for the truth today? And if you have to stand for the truth, the first thing you do, you need to do is honor God. You have to honor God. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Think about the, the first word there. You shall love your God with all your heart. Because how am I going to honor somebody that I don't love? How can, how can I honor Eva if I don't love her? Honor has to start with that love first. And if we really have the love of Christ, it literally eliminates everything else. You heard me say, seek God first and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. You struggle with self-control, seek God and honor him first. And if you honor God first, guess what? then everything else will be added to you. See, God knows our heart and he demands honor and reverential fear. And in the Bible, if you look at the Bible, God did not take people who took him for granted easily. I sometimes, honestly, I wish that we were in the Old Testament where somebody would lie and they are gone. Because tomorrow nobody would lie. (laughs) Right? I wish somebody would just lie that they are Christian and they walk in a certain way and there they go, reprocy, they are done. Then tomorrow would have a different thought. Did you hear what happened to sister and brother who and who, right? And if you look at number 16, and we're not going to go, that's your homework. Story of Korah who sacrificed, though they could go before God and say, oh, we can sacrifice you. Moses, you don't know what you're doing. Moses said, move back. The ground opened and they were swallowed. I wonder if that would happen today. Where we say, God, I'm going to go teach your word. I'm going to show people how I, am, I, I got this. And I, I'm going to show this facade. And God says, hey, everybody move back. And the ground opens up. You know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira? When they deceived God and, gave, and, and, and took what belongs to God. And the story about Ananias and Sapphira is... They were not even demanded to give those things to God. They just said, this is what we want to do. But then they lied about it. So when the next minute, like you're thinking that God is just somebody that we can just eh, play with, remember stories like those. Because that's what gives you the referential fear of God. Yet he's so gentle that he's like, don't do this. I've written a whole Bible so you don't do the same thing. And guess what? I'm holding my wrath back. You're not going to be swallowed by the ground right now. Maybe not. But... If you continue to do the things you are doing, I'm going to give you away to your sins and I'm going to judge you when the time comes. Allow God to search our heart. 
that nothing that there is no undiscovered sin that will be ignored. Because to me, that's my that's my greatest worry, that I go before God and thinking that I'm okay, thinking that I'm a teacher of the world, that I've raised my family well, that I've been a good brother, that I've done all those things, only to get before God and say, I hear what you're saying, but there's this one thing that was hidden and undiscovered. And God is holy. There's no way He's going to allow me to His holy place. What a waste. What a waste for the time that we sacrifice. What a waste that everybody is against a Christian, but we are fighting only to get to that point where... Sorry, I did not know you. So who is willing to stand for the truth? First thing, honor God. Second, take drastic action. The other day, um, Eva and I, we, we, we were burning some, uh, some books, some old books. And so we took the books, they were like, I think, I remember like old, like kids last year grades books, some of them, that we couldn't recycle or give away. And I was just thinking there, and so in a few, it was about probably like a big box like that, and we burnt about a bunch of other stuff. And as we burned those books, within 30 minutes, it was all ashes, like everything was gone. And immediately the Lord was like, think about how, because I was meditating on this message, like, think about how long it took for these people to write this book. All the information that came in, all the time they took to think about all the stuff, when they took it to, to be invited, to be shipped, to be all those things, all those things, things happened. And if you add up all that time, it was a very long time. Well, there's easier printing, but think about the original book and all the information that was in there. Yet within 30 seconds, they were all burnt out. 30, 30 minutes, they were all burnt out. When you think about it, how much more is the refining fire of Christ? That we build up our lives and we, we make all these grand things and we want a good life, which is nothing wrong with it. Only to go before God and laying it before and boom, done. And then it's a waste. Wouldn't it be better for us to build on that stone that Christ is? So then that way when you go before God, when that stuff is burnt up, there is substance that's remaining. Today, that which is built for a long time, can be cleansed by Christ too. It's this, the refining fire is not just for the bad things. The refining is not just for the bad outcome. The refining fire is also for a good outcome. If you have drug, drug habits that you learned, if you have marriage things that have gone for a long time, if you have bad habits, those things you can submit them to Christ today and they can be burned down and then you can move on with life with Christ. And if you have any idols, they can be destroyed as well. Second Peter 3, 10, 12 says, But on the day the Lord will come unexpectedly as a thief, like a thief, then the heaven will pass away with a terrible noise, and, a ve- and the very element itself will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly life should we live? Looking forward to the day of God and hurry it along. One day he will set heaven on fire and element will melt away in the frame. What holy and godly life should we live? Really? That thing that is stopping you going to God. That thing that we created in our own mind that this is what human beings are going to be attracted to or they're going to like us for this or I don't want to lose friends or I don't want to do all those things. All those things are going to be burnt. 
what godly, what holy, what holy and godly life should we live? Matthew 7, 21, 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, not, we have prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart, me, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That we will go before God, thinking that we got it. Because I honestly believe that these Jews, when they first started, they spent so much time reading the word of God because they hungered for the word of God. I believe we do the same thing. We come to church and we are broken or we live in, we, we, we've seen the grace of God and we've seen the love of God. That really we do desire the word of God and we really start doing that and we start reading it. But then in the meantime, we start being conformed to the world and being like the world. And before long, you can tell the difference between what you're doing, which is real and that which is not real. And unfortunately, one behavior translates to another. That behavior now stops from you not only lying to those who are around you, but literally lying to God. And guess what? You might lie to me, but one day you're going to be before God. And he's going to say, sorry, I don't know you. How much more holy and godly life should we live? I'll leave you with this. There's a young man in the Bible who took drastic steps to honor God. And to stop the, the wrath of God. So the Moab, the Moab women were seducing the Israelites. Not only that, but they were throwing feasts and they would worship the gods together. The anger of the Lord burned against his people so much. And, and God asked Moses to grab the leaders and execute, execute them and kill them before the Lord in the morning. And as they did this, in Numbers 25, 6, 13... It says, then an Israel man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were being, were, while they weeping at the entrance of the tent meeting. I'm going to stop there for a minute. So already the Moabites have seduced the man and now they are doing detestable things before God, right? And there Moses is called and he's taking all these people and killing them. And in the process of that, a young man who just doing the things that they do because his heart is not for God, goes and grabs a woman in the process. He doesn't even hear. I'm sure there were cries. I'm sure he knew what was going on. But he was like, mm, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. And I honestly don't think that he, he I don't know, think he was intentional, like, oh, I'm going to rebel against God. I think his heart has become so hardened that he was not immune. He was not uh, in tune with what was going on. And that's what happened to sin. That we become so common with the things that it becomes a second nature, even though we don't know that it's happening. So when Phineas, son of Ezra, the son of Aaron, the priest saw that this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand and followed the Israelite to the tent. He drove the spear into both of them, right through the Israelite man into the woman's stomach. Then the plague stopped the, uh, the Israel. So the plague against the Israel was stopped. But those who died in the plague was 24,000. The Lord said to Moses, Phineas, son of Israel, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger from the Israel. Since he has a zeal for my honor among them as I am, I did not put a net in them in my zeal. Therefore, tell him I'm making a covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants will have a covenant of lasting priesthood because they are zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israel. Now, that's the man who was taking a drastic action. Yeah. 
Today I might not ask you to take a spear and go spear somebody. <laughs> but the tools that you have, the word of God, your hard convictions, what are you going to do with those things? Are you going to stand by and just wait for the name of God to be dishonored? Are you going to stand by and just let the world do what it's going to do? Or are you going to take drastic action to stop the wrath of God? And you might ask, Pastor, what am I going to do? How many times are you praying for the church right now? How many times are you praying for the nation? How many times are you fasting and praying for the church? How many times are you praying for our leaders? How many times are you going before God and asking God, God, what do you have me do right now? Because you might say, I don't have any tools, but you do have tools. We are just ignorant to the tools that we have. How many times are you telling God, God, I know that these people are doing all these things, but I'm not going to be one of them, Lord. How can you use me as a person? How can you use me so I can glorify you and bring honor to this world? That's a question that we have to ask ourselves today. Angie, I'll have you guys stand up. As we close today, I really want you to ask yourself those questions, those two questions that God is asking you. He's saying, what happened? What happened to you if you're in that situation? What happened to you? What happened to your first love? What happened to the relationship you and I had? What happened to when you, you, you desired me, you couldn't wait to spend time with me, you couldn't desire to hang out with me and tell me how your day was? What happened to you what, when you just loved me? You loved me. You loved the things of me. You didn't try to formulate things, but you just cared for me and, and you continued to, to, to just desire me. What happened to the zeal that you had to sharing my word to people? What happened to you when you used to abhor sin? And the second question is, now that I've brought this to your awareness, because the word is going to convict you or it's going to set you free, are you willing to stand for the truth? Are you really willing to stand for the truth? Are you willing to honor me? And are you willing to take a drastic action? Lord, we worship you today, God. We thank you, God, because, Father, no matter how we try to look at it, God, this is an encouraging message because, God, you're telling us, Lord, there is still time, oh God. There is still time, Father, to repent. There is still time, walking of glory, God, to come before you, Father, and say, Lord, we've sinned, oh Lord. And Jehovah God, if we diligently seek you, Father, if we turn away from our sins, O King of glory, God, you will hear us, oh God, and restore us, O King of glory, Father. Mighty King of glory, I pray, Lord, as we ask ourselves those questions today, O God, that Jehovah God, we may be real with ourselves, O God, that Jehovah God, we may stop putting a facade, O God, this show that we've created, Father, like the Jews, showing that we are good on the outside, while the inside we are rotting and dying, O God. Could you please help us, O God, to reveal those to us, O God. Mighty King of glory, I pray, King of glory, God, that today Jehovah God becomes a marker of faith and victory, O God. Where Jehovah God, we bring to you, O God, a purified church, O God. A heart, O King of glory, that's not saying that I'm perfect, but it's saying, Lord, if you are willing, could you please touch me, Lord, because I'm bearing my heart to you, O God. Even in the congregation today or online, and you don't know Jesus, 
give you an opportunity to know Jesus because he died on the cross for you. That when we are still sinners, that even though we continue to sin, he still loves us and says, come, child, come. Like that prodigal prodigal son, his dad sat on the gate gate and waited for him. And when he saw him, he ran and, and just held him and said, welcome home. So if that's to you today, if you're here, come over, we pray with you. And if you're online, pray that the Lord will touch your heart. That he will restore you. That he will change your heart. That he will forgive you. That you may continue to lead a life that pleases God. And for the rest of us, oh God, God, you see our holes, Father. You see those areas in our life, oh God, that are so fake, oh God. Could you just get rid of those tonight, Father? Could you just do, do us a solid, oh God, and just, just get rid of them tonight, oh God. Father, more is too much weight, oh God. It's so much weight trying to please people, God. It's so much weight, Father, trying to be somebody that we are not, oh God. Could you please just shed all that weight off us, oh God? So, mighty King of glory, we can truly be able to run this race that is, that's before us, oh God, because the weight is killing us, oh God. And the world, Father, is not honoring you because of the things that they are seeing, oh Lord. May our life shine, oh God, so we can honor you. We pray all this believing and trusting in the mighty name of Jesus. And all the people say, Amen. All right, have a good day. Get your kids. See you Sunday at 9 o'clock. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.